Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of November 14th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And the week that was could be defined as one of the crazier weeks you'll see in the market in terms of the nature of the rally we saw on Thursday, which actually persisted into Friday. So, just going back in time a little bit, we had this wild rally on Thursday after CPI came in light, 7.7% on the headline versus 7.9% expected, and then 6.3% on the core versus 6.5% expected. So all of a sudden, the market started getting greener and greener as the day went on, led by the growthiest of growth. And Friday was a bit of a splash of cold water in terms of the data that we saw. Preliminary November consumer sentiment fell back to 54.6 to levels we haven't seen since the summer. That's about a 9% month-over-month decline. And one-year inflation expectations edged up to 5.1% from 5% in October. So the survey's five-year inflation outlook rose to 3% from 2.9% in October. In some ways, this is the disconnect between what's happening in real time and the outlook. Because if you think about it, consumer sentiment reading for the month was based on the previous CPI print, which was higher than expected, of course. And the inflation expectations were also probably informed by that same number and the most recent CPI prints that we had in prior months. And then you had this CPI print from the month that was smaller than expected, both on a headline and core basis. So ultimately, the consumer sentiment number might not have reflected the decline in the pace of inflation, and the inflation expectations might not have also included the data that we now have coming out of this week. Now, on Friday, we saw another meaningful rally. So the NASDAQ was up more than 6%. On Thursday, and then up basically another 2% on Friday, which is just a remarkable move. But going back in time, that's not even a top 15 or 20% move in, in the NASDAQ in one day. And the highest moves in the NASDAQ in one day are all in and around bear markets, whether it's 2001, 2002, whether it's 2008. Ultimately, these types of rip-your-face-off rallies in the NASDAQ tend to coincide with bear markets. And of course, up until recently, we were past that 20% year-to-date loss threshold on the S&P 500, taking us technically into a bear market. But when you look at what the S&P 500 did this week, up nearly 6%, and now down just 16% year-to-date, a lot of that is just sort of out the window. And that's not to say that we're not in a bear market. That's not to say that this isn't the indication of a pivot in the market in anticipation of a pivot from the Fed. But the reality is that when you see these types of outsized moves in the NASDAQ, at least historically, it hasn't necessarily been an indication that the market is bottomed and the market is ready to rip. Now, of course, we're struggling and ultimately trying to get through the challenge of what's happening in employment versus what's happening in GDP, what's happening at the Federal Reserve versus what's happening on the ground level. And so that 
this economic environment is certainly a unique one and it's hard to find parallels with that dot-com bust and the great financial crisis, but certainly worth watching. When you look at which sectors led the way this week, to no one's great surprise, it was the sectors we often talk about as market leadership, technology up 10%, communication services up 9.4%, consumer discretionary up 5.5%, the only one of those three to lag the S&P 500 for the week, but Ultimately, it was the sectors that had been leading the way year to date that lagged the market. XLU up 1.48%, consumer staples up 2.32%, healthcare XLV up 1.75%. So defensive sectors underperforming the market, although all 11 gig sectors were significantly higher this week. Energy, which of course has been the leadership so far in 2022, up just 1.95%. And we did see a pretty significant rally in crude oil prices on Friday as a result of some news out of China that we might see some easing of lockdowns. But by and large, a pretty active week, 752 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup, pretty robust trading activity in an up week, certainly a good indication. And then from a flow perspective, not a ton of activity, despite the big moves, little net activity, 5.6 million shares created in total 2.9 million new shares in XLU, 2 million in XLI, and roughly 1 plus million in XLF and XLV. The only sector that saw meaningful outflows was XLE, which did see 2 million net redeemed. So pretty muted on the flow front. Once again, that's been a trend for the past couple weeks, but from a performance perspective, quite an explosive week. And to that point, I think the sector in focus this week is appropriate. XLK or technology because of that 10% move we saw this week. And with technology, it's always going to be about the outlook for growth, the outlook for compounded earnings growth specifically, and then perhaps less so in some cases valuations, although the valuation story is instructive. And what we've seen in terms of the technology sector is it's really been leadership in terms of return on equity over the course of the past four or five years. If you look at the compounded average ROE for the technology sector between 2018 and including 2022 expected earnings, you're talking about 34%. That's well above every other sector in the market. The only ones that come close are healthcare at 28.8%, discretionary at 28.2%. Now, when you think about valuations on technology, and we've gone through this on this podcast, technology had basically been at the market's valuation for quite some time. And then something broke right around 2019 and 2020. And the valuation on technology started to widen relative to the market, to the upside. And we got as high as right around 30 in terms of the valuation on technology from a price-to-earnings perspective on a trailing basis. And what we've seen more recently is that that PE has come in quite a bit, but we're still above the market in terms of forward price-to-earnings at 21.3. And you look at the S&P 500 right around 19. And technology remains at a premium in terms of its price-to-earnings ratio to the market. Now, once again, the the story with technology has always been about compounded earnings growth and compounded earnings growth that is in excess of the market and other sectors. And if you go again, looking at sales growth 
on a compounded basis between 2017 and in the 2022 expected earnings. It's 8.7%. If you look at the compounded growth rate of earnings, it's 13.8% over that period of time. And that is tremendous and significantly higher than the market and significantly higher than almost any other sector. But if you look at 2022 estimates and 2023 estimates, sales growth for the technology sector is expected to be 11.2% for 2022 and just 3.7% for 2023. Compare that to a compounded rate of 13.8% over the prior five-year period, and it's reflective of this more challenging economic environment and, of course, the challenged outlook for earnings growth in sectors that have been growth engines in the market. Now, margins for technology have not fallen significantly. Return on equity has and is expected to continue to fall into 2023, of course, as a result of less than impressive growth rates and earnings. But I think the the punchline for all of this is, as we talked about last week, if you take energy out of the equation from the S&P 500, earnings growth is expected to be negative. And when you talk about a sector like technology that is nearly 30% of the market by weight, of course, that's going to weigh on earnings expectations, earnings revisions for the S&P 500. And it stands in stark contrast to sectors like energy who are growing earnings and whose earnings revisions are up. But Again, if there is the expectation that we're not going to enter a meaningful recession and that economic activity is going to be somewhat robust, and once again, nominal growth rates for GDP have been very strong, then in theory, buying technology at a valuation that while in excess of the market is lower than what we've seen at its peak over the course of the past couple of years might be attractive to some investors who are either underweight technology or perhaps market weight technology and looking to go overweight technology. So a sector that is always fascinating and certainly a sector that is as influential in the market as any technology with ticker XLK. Looking ahead to next week, from an economic perspective, we have Fed one and five year inflation expectations, which will be interesting considering we just had a CPI print last week. And we did see, once again, consumer level inflation expectations are ticking back up. We'll see if that is the same at the Fed, who, in theory, should have access to much better data than the people in the consumer survey. We'll get retail sales data, which will give us another gauge on the consumer. And then we can just get a ton of housing data once again. Housing starts and permits, NAHB home builders index, existing home sales, all of which will give us an additional read into what we all know, based on headlines and the data, is a very challenging housing market, largely as a result of the increased cost of borrowing as a result of Federal Reserve policy and, of course, the inflationary environment. And then we'll also get leading economic indicators, which, of course, many economists and many market analysts always watch to see what the expectation is and what the influence is of all of these economic headwinds. From an earnings perspective, we also have an insight into the housing market, into the consumer in the form of Home Depot and Lowe's. We'll hear from Walmart, which of course is a bellwether for consumers. We hear from Cisco and NVIDIA. So although we're late in the earnings cycle, and most of the major companies in the market and in key sectors have already reported, we're still going to hear from some very important companies whose 
guidance whose results will give us tremendous read-through into the health of various segments of the economy and various sectors of the economy. In the case of Home Depot and Lowe's, the health of the consumer. In the case of Walmart, also the health of the consumer. And then in the case of Cisco and NVIDIA, the outlook for global macroeconomic activity and, of course, enterprise spending. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. And I wish you all a wonderful week. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining. Take care.